Hello, and welcome to Fangraphs Audio, episode 1012. To begin this week's show, David Lorelei welcomes Ryan Ludis, 24-year-old pitching prospect in the Cardinals system. David asks Ryan not only about his ascent to AAA in his first year after going undrafted out of a D3 school, but also his simultaneous work as an analyst for the Cardinals. Ryan does work on a player-facing application, and he tells us what it is like to help the org communicate its research to its players, and how he's equipped to do so as one of the players himself. Ryan also tells us about his own arsenal and strategy, what he wants to do after his playing days, and how he balances pitching science with pitching feel. It's funny, as much of a, a baseball nerd as I am, I'm as much of like a quote-unquote feel guy. Like I, I rely on my feel more than anything. I think that's super important as a, especially as a professional athlete in any, in any sport really, and that requires as much skill as pitching and hitting and, you know, that baseball requires. So, I, I mean, I look at it. I try to make my pitches as, you know, good as I can metrically, right, that are going to give me the best chance of success. But in the end, the hitter is going to tell me everything I need to know. So I'm going to go into spring training with the plan, and the hitters are going to tell me what I need to do, right? I, I can try to make my cutter as good metrically as I can make it, and I can try to make my curveball as good metrically as I can make it. But in the end... If it doesn't play to the hitter, it doesn't play to the hitter, right? Like same thing with my fastball. Maybe my fastball might not be the best metrically, but the hitter tells me everything I need to know about it. After that, Ben Clemens sits down with Jason Martinez of our very own roster resource to hear his fan grass backstory. Jason tells us about being obsessed with sports as a kid, but not knowing what to do with it, and how he ended up working at the YMCA and starting a man before finally creating MLB depth charts, now roster resource. We also hear about almost taking roster resource to MLB trade rumors, how a fateful game sitting next to Eno Saris eventually brought Jason the fan graphs, and how reading a Bob Gibson book as a kid inspired Jason to search for his meaning. I went to the library and I was just like looking through books and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write about. And I go, I'm going to go to the baseball section. Oh, Bob Gibson, I'll try to turn this into whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. And, and uh, I read that book and I was just so like fired up, like... I could, I wanted to run through a brick wall, but it was, it was like, man, I just love this guy's mindset. And it was also frustrating because it was like, I'm not playing sports anymore. Cause I, I, I'm just applying this to sports, right? This is like, yeah. okay. If I was still playing baseball, you know, and I wasn't, I was pretty aggressive, you know, playing baseball and basketball. I, I would take somebody out at second base. I was diving all over the place and things Presumably like not that. Bob Gibson aggressive, not but, yeah. it, but that was just like, and I, I can, I can like, I'm going to take it to another level, but it was just like, I was playing some pickup basketball at the time. I was playing in the men's softball league and that, you know, I was going to hurt somebody, you know, if I, yeah. if I did that. So it was like, it was more frustrating than anything, right? But before we get to these excellent segments, I must issue my weekly reminder for you to head on over to the homepage and check out the fangraphs.com shop. Not only can you scoop some official fangraphs merch, but you can pick up an ad free membership, good for yourself or as a gift for a friend. Being a Fangraphs member is not only the best way to browse the site at blazing fast speeds, but also the best way to support the website, helping us to do everything it is we do. From the daily research and articles, to the leaderboards, to the projections, to the roster resource pages, to the podcast, to everything you see at Fangraphs.com, we couldn't do it without the support of our members. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. 
Hey, baseball fans, happy first week of spring training. I am David Lorla. My guest this week is uh, Ryan Lutis, uh, pitching prospect uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Ryan, for those of you not familiar with him, 24-year-old right-hander, made it to AAA last year in his first full season of pro ball, which is pretty remarkable because Ryan signed as a non-drafted free agent out of a, a D3 school. You know, Ryan, thanks for coming on to Fangraphs Audio. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. The longish introduction I gave on you actually omitted something that I think is the most unique part of your story. Would you like to tell listeners just what else you have done with the Cardinals? Uh, yeah, sure. Since pretty much my first offseason, I started helping out as a uh, software developer in the front office as well, working on uh, like a player-facing application. So I've been doing that for the last year and a half, providing you know feedback from players, my own my own perspective as a pitcher in the organization, as well as doing the the technical nitty gritty development work um, that comes with actually developing the application. So and how did that come to be? So one of the product directors in in the front office is a fellow Washu baseball alum, and my senior year, I don't I don't exactly know how this all kind of panned out, but. When they knew my background a little bit, I know my Matt Bear watched. Uh, I know he, you know, I'm sure he followed my uh, my senior season. We went to the World Series at WashU for the first time uh, in school history as my senior year. So and I think it was I was doing some development work for my, you know, just some stuff on the side for fun for, you know, for the WashU baseball team. And I think it was uh, it was just he he asked to see he approached me and wanted to see if I uh, had any interest in helping out you know, especially based on the skills that I had and, you know, having a player's perspective on things. And what was that work, Ryan, at Washington U? And how did it compare to what you have been doing for the, the Cardinals? So me and one of my teammates, one of the guys I graduated with, we, our junior year, we had this uh, final product for a class and where we can kind of do anything. And it was a web development type course. So we decided to build out a website where guys can go and log in and view and see their data that we collected as a team, right? We were a division three school, so we didn't have Rapsodo or TrackMan. We pretty much had a radar gun and a stopwatch and we tracked everything that way. And, you know, lots of different types of charts and, you know, things that we did by hand. So we went to work on a little, a little project that, you know, turned into being a really useful tool for the team where we can go and track outings live. Guys can go and log in and see every pitch they threw that day, how hard it was, any information about it, where the pitch was. We were tracking location, spray charts, all that stuff. So we kind of just kind of just digitized what we already did as a team tracking wise and made it readily available for players. You know, guys can go and look up video that our coach would upload and whatnot. And yeah, so it was very much like a division three version of uh, what we have now with the Cardinals. So and uh, so it's a little bit different in that way where. The, the data engineers and the analytics engineers in the front office are incredibly smart and they do an unbelievable job. And I, uh, I just had the privilege of being able to work with that data for the most part and, and being able to, you know, sh help show it to players in a way that, you know, makes sense to them, makes sense to coaches, you know, they can kind of get better on their own with the help of other people as well. So. And when the Cardinals signed you, Ryan, uh, do you think they signed you as a pitcher first and analyst second, or the other way around? When you look <laughs> at it, when you look at it really objectively. Oh, really objectively, I would say they signed me as an analyst first. But and I don't know if I'll, I'll ever know for sure. But my guess is, looking back objectively, they signed me as an analyst first. I don't think they thought that I'd be in big league camp here in 2023. So 
it's funny how it all worked out, though. Right. And you are actually at Big League Camp as we speak. Yes. Yeah. I've actually been down here for like a month, but we, uh, you know, started to, I think my official report dates tomorrow, but I've been down here, you know, working for the last month and kind of getting into, you know, rhythm and whatnot. So it's been cool. Everyone's coming in the last week or so. And uh, yeah, officially get going tomorrow. And we should talk pitching, but before we do that, do you have any idea if anybody else in professional baseball has been doing what you've been doing, actually having a side job, so to speak, as an analyst? I've heard through, I know of Josh Hedgka. I'm pretty sure he works for the Mets in some capacity. I don't exactly know what he does. I'm not friends with him. I know he's a, I think he's in double A or something along those lines with the Mets. And he was a Johns Hopkins alum. So I kind of followed him. Like us D3 guys kind of, at least for, for my shoes, I've, I always follow the D3 guys in pro ball just because it's kind of cool to see where everyone's at. Those are the, he was one of those guys where he, he got into pro ball before me. And so he's one of those guys I look up to and, you know, kind of was one of those guys that it's like, okay, you know, being a D3 guy, I could, I could do it as well. Right. So I, I know, I don't know exactly know what he does, but I, I've heard him, you know, mention that he's done some stuff before. Yeah, I believe that uh, I have heard of Josh, uh, actually. I believe he's from Michigan, which is my home state originally. So, you know, go Michigan here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ryan, do you know, like you have been doing this now for two years with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Now that you have actually established yourself as, uh, you know, you may be in the big leagues this year. So are you actually finding time or do they even want you to do analyst work at this point? They've been honestly great about everything. Even like when we first started, they have, I mean, are very, they want me to focus on baseball first. And, you know, from the beginning, they've always wanted me to do that. And the analyst work and the development work has come, you know, has be, has uh, become supplementary to that. And uh, I think at this point, I've kind of made the decision that they, they want me to do whatever I want to do for the most part, which is very cool. I think it's, I think they enjoy having me having a player and uh, help out with it all. And. I've decided to kind of stick, take a little bit of a step back from it uh, leading up to this year. Last year, I did it. I did a lot of work in season. And, you know, I had such a long year going to the Fall League and everything that I think this year is going to be another long year for me with the short off season. So I think I, I made the, the choice to kind of back off of it a little bit and kind of just focus on baseball and rest and whatnot and try to get through this long season. So, so yeah. And how have you gone from a non-drafted free agent to the doorstep of the big leagues in such a short time? I, you know, your stuff has obviously gotten much better. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I'm very lucky to be, to be where I am. I mean, to be completely honest, I think, you know, so many people work hard. Like, I think, you know, a lot of times people, you know, in my shoes will, they get talked about, you know, like if I were to make my debut this year, like the story would be about how hard I work to get here and whatnot and all those things. And it's all true, but, and you know, there's so many people that work, that work extremely hard as well. And you just have to have some things go your way. Right. Like I, I worked really hard my first off season in pro ball and I was fortunate to do the right things that I, you know, was able to gain a bunch of velo. Right. And it put me in a spot where when you gain a bunch of velo, your off speed also improves and, I was able to go and compete at a high level last year and really kind of see what I was made of. And I was thrown into the fire at each level. And, you know, going into this offseason was kind of the same way. Like, I don't, we'll see how everything's going to pan out, but made some adjustments that I felt like I needed to make. And, you know, hopefully they were the right ones, right? I think they were. And I, but I think it's time will tell on kind of how it all, how it all maps out. So definitely have worked hard, but, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at as well. 
So, Ryan, I guess the question to me, though, is how did you develop so much more Velo? You're in an organization where, uh, you know, fast-rising uh, Gordon Graceffo really jumped up his Velo. So I don't know if the Cardinals have some sort of secret sauce, maybe? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any secret sauce. I think it's just, uh, I think we both went into the offseason with the goal of getting stronger and putting on some weight and just having a really good good off season, you know, everything from nutrition to sleep to, to lifting to throwing, right? Like just doing it all as best we can. And I think we both have big frames and we kind of had that, we kind of both had it in us in a, in a way. So it was just a matter of how we were going to get it out of us. And usually that comes through gaining strength and uh, gaining mass. And we both did, we, you know, we both did just that. He still throws a little bit harder than me. I'm trying to catch up, but he's making it difficult. And how uh, big actually is your frame and how hard are you throwing? I'm like 6'5", 235 right now. I'll run it up to 240 sometimes. So I'm, and I'm in velo-wise, you know, I think last year I was anywhere from 92 to 99, you know, probably average 95, 96. So far this offseason, I don't really have a good gauge of where I'm going to be at. I think my last, I threw to some hitters last week and I was 95, 96. So hopefully that's just a, it's a good starting spot. So I'm hoping to be a tick or two higher this year. Um, than I was last year, but we'll see what happens. And Velo aside, how does your fastball profile? My fastball profile is pretty dead zone, to be completely honest. It has outplayed what the metrics, I think, would predict how it would play. At least that's my understanding of it. I think I command it overall pretty well, and I hide it overall pretty well. I think it gets on hitters sometimes. Just my Just my delivery is a little bit unique in that way. So I definitely take advantage of that. And I took advantage of a lot last year because... Movement-wise, I think I get, on average, like 16 inches of vertical break and 10 inches of horizontal break. It's not necessarily, even at 95, 96, it's not necessarily that great of a fastball profile. But I think my mechanics allow it to play up a little bit. And can you articulate just what your mechanics are, what differentiate them from your standard delivery? I, I kind of turn my back a lot to the hitter as I'm coming down the mound. So, and my glove goes way out, my way out towards third base, my right arm goes way down towards first base. And I think it just, I think it, I think it is hidden pretty well. Like the ball is hidden pretty well throughout my delivery. I don't have an exact answer to be honest. It's one of those things where my fastball's always played well at whatever level I've been at. And I think it has to do with some of that. Again, I I don't, I don't have, I don't have crazy extension or anything like that either something about it. I wish I had an exact answer. All I know is that it just seemed to seem to have been true over time. And you've always thrown like that? For the most part. I think it's gotten a little more exaggerated over time. I think my freshman, sophomore year of college, it wasn't as exaggerated. I did it a little bit, but I think my junior and senior year was when it started to get even more exaggerated and it's kind of just stayed stayed there in the last like three or four years. And what else are you throwing besides uh, a heater, and how do those pitches profile? So right now I'm throwing a – I have my fast, my four-seam fastball. I'm throwing a cutter and a curveball. That's what I threw in the fall league. So last year I was mostly fastball and slider. I, I would throw a curveball occasionally. The issue was I had no idea where it was going. If it was good, it was really good. But most of the time I would throw it 40 feet or I would it would slip out of my hand or something. So I, I stuck with kind of like a sweepier slider that I could throw for strikes. And then I you know relied on my fastball a lot last year. And then started to run into issues in AAA. 
realized that I needed kind of a bridge pitch between my a breaking ball and fastball. So I started throwing a cutter in the fall league and I'm still throwing that today. It's trying to continue to, to work on it, add some horizontal break as best as I can. Um, so my cutter, cutter is coming in around 90 and it's pretty true cutter. I, I'm pretty sure movement wise. And then my curveball is like low eighties when it's good and it's pretty 12, six, um, in nature. So that's kind of what I'm still figuring out what I want to do with the slider, if I want to keep throwing it or not. But right now, that's kind of what I'm working with. I was just going to ask you that, uh, the transition from a slider to a cutter, because you did have sweep. One would mm-hmm. think that ideally you would have both pitches, right? Yeah, I think I think part of me wants to keep the slider and I could almost use the cutter and slider off of each other. But being a reliever and a one or two inning guy, I I think I want to keep my arsenal as simple as possible do those things really really well i still can throw the slider if i really need to but i i like the combination that i have right now and i it worked really well for me in the fall league and i'm hoping to kind of keep it going that way here in spring training and being a a data nerd which i think it's fair to call you (laughs) how much do you really look at the data on your pitches especially when you're working to develop them as opposed to just knowing what feels good and knowing you know where you get the swing and miss yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely a combination of everything. I'm. Uh, it's funny. As much of a, a baseball nerd as I am, I'm as much of like a quote-unquote feel guy. Like I, I rely on my feel more than anything. And I think that's super important as a, especially as a professional athlete in any in any sport really, and that requires as much skill as pitching and hitting and you know that baseball requires. So I, I mean, I look at it. I try to make my pitches as you know, good as I can metrically, right? That are going to give me the best chance of success. But in the end, the hitter is going to tell me everything I need to know. So I'm going to go into spring training with the plan and the hitters are going to tell me what I need to do, right? I, I can try to make my cutter as good metrically as I can make it. And I can try to make my curveball as good metrically as I can make it. But in the end, if it doesn't play to the hitter, it doesn't play to the hitter, right? Like same thing with my fastball. Maybe my fastball might not be the best metrically, but the hitter tells me everything I need to know about it. So the goal is to give myself the best chance, you know, with, you know, with designing these pitches and, and working on them. But in the end, I have to throw it for strikes. I have to throw it where I want to. I have to know where to put them and what counts. I have to know how to use them off of each other. So all those things are, in my opinion, more important than the raw stuff itself. So it all goes into it. You know, there's, it's, it's never, it's, it's, it's something you're always working on. It's never a stagnant thing. And where do you do, Ryan, your, your off-season training? You sound like a driveline guy, but maybe you, that's not your, uh, your off-season home base? Uh, the last couple off-seasons I've spent in St. Louis uh, training at uh, Premier Pitching and Performance P3. They have just an absolutely top-notch facility and great people to go with it. So it's been awesome to be able to work there with uh, you know, 10 or 15 other pro guys, just a great environment that has everything I could possibly need in terms of technology and weight room and everything. I mean, everything I can need, everything a base, specifically a professional baseball player needs is there. And the people there are awesome. And it's been a great place to train the last two years. And it's been a big reason why I'm in the position I am. Right. And you are a Midwestern guy yourself. Yes. I'm from, uh, I'm from like, I grew up like an hour Northwest of Chicago in Barrington, Illinois. So is that uh, Cubs territory for you? <laughs> it is Cubs territory, yeah. I, I think you're probably allowed to say that. Yes, I am. So I'm a, I definitely grew up a Cubs fan, but I can't say I'm a Cubs fan anymore. <laughs> no, that would not, would not be allowable. No. 
Yeah. So Ryan, uh, a few more things. I assume that most players or at least many players in the Cardinals org know your analyst work or maybe not. Yeah. I think it started off that not too many people knew, but all it takes is one person to, to find out. And then that kind of word gets around a little bit. So I'll have guys, you know, I had guys come up to me today in the locker room and, and asking about it a little bit. So yeah, it's cool. You know, I, it's something to talk about guys. And then it, when it's good that guys know I do it because they then go to me a lot of times to, you know, tell me what they think about the application, if they have any feedback, if they want things changed or done differently or things they want to see, right? And I can kind of help relay that information to the front office. Yeah. Is Adam Wainwright in cap yet? He is. Yes. Yeah, is he one of the people who, who have come up to you? That would be pretty cool if you had that happening. He has not. So I will, uh, I'll let you know if he does, but he has not come up to me yet. Yeah, so Adam, if you are listening to this podcast on uh, on Friday, uh, make it a point to go up and talk to to Ryan. <laughs> so Ryan, uh, something else I should actually ask you is a little more about the earlier background, being a guy who is not drafted out of college, so presumably we're not out of high school. What were your actual hopes and dreams as uh, an impressionable youngster in the Midwest? Yeah, I think I... Looking back, I always had a goal of playing professional baseball. But in the end, I think I've had this conversation with my dad recently. Every year throughout high school and throughout college, when I really got serious about baseball, I would say my freshman year of high school, the goal completely was just to be as good as I possibly could be that year. And just to be as good of a baseball player as I could be. Because I will say it's a lot more fun to be good than bad on your baseball team. And every year that was my goal. You know, it was my goal to make the freshman team. It was my goal to make the sophomore team. My goal to make the varsity team, be a starter on the varsity team. My goal to play college baseball. My goal to be a starter on, right? Every goal, there were just so many little goals along the way. And it wasn't like I had, you know, it written on my whiteboard in my room that I want to play professional baseball or anything. It was always something that I was kind of working towards, but knew that there was a lot that goes into it. And throughout college was kind of the same way. My my whole goal was to be as good as I possibly could for my college baseball team. Um, that meant more to me than anything in the world uh, throughout my four years at WashU. Obviously, I had the goal of playing professional baseball, but it was in a way out of my control. You know, I did what I could to put myself in the best position I could. But that's all you can really do is pitch as well as you can, put yourself in you know in the right spots, right, um, and hope you pitch well at the right time and in front of the right people. So. Yeah, it was always a goal, but I always, you know, I was very into academics and computer science as well. I, you know, I got a job lined up after college my senior year because I didn't know what was going to happen with baseball, you know, with baseball. I could have gotten hurt for all I knew. So I didn't really want to, you know, put all my eggs in one basket. I didn't, you know, me getting a job didn't impact my baseball at all that year. So it kind of just took the pressure off, honestly. And then going into the draft, I really thought I had an opportunity, but didn't know. And Thankfully, there was one team who was interested enough in, uh, in signing me. You know, maybe it was uh, the analyst work, you know, went into that uh, and it ended up benefiting me more than anything in terms of that one team wanting to, to sign me. But, but yeah, that's kind of how it all panned out for the most part. Were the Cardinals literally the only team that talked to you? Yes, they were the only team that, like, I had a conversation with, really. I didn't even have a conversation with them. I, they just told me. They told me, they called me in the 18th round to tell me that I wasn't getting drafted, but that they were going to sign me. They were going to be the, the, the first guy that they signed after the draft. You know, it's a cool story being a local St. Louis guy and everything. So it was kind of funny and how it worked out because, no, it was dead silent around draft time. I didn't talk to any other teams. I had probably 
five to ten come on and watch me. But clearly, I didn't perform well enough for those five or ten teams. Maybe just well enough for the Cardinals, I guess. So what did you think exactly, Ryan, when the Cardinals told you, hey, we're not going to draft you, but we're going to sign you? Did you hang up the phone and thinking, this is weird? Or did you think this is the coolest thing ever? I felt it was weird. I was, because I knew that it didn't really matter if I got drafted or not. I knew that like the organization, I I had a guy, you know, I don't know the name, Tommy Parsons. He's uh, he went to, he was also a D3 guy, had a really good division three career. He didn't get drafted in 2018, but they signed him after the draft and I saw him move up through the system. So it was like, it was one of those things where I knew he was a free agent sign and I knew that I was in a similar spot to him and I knew it didn't matter that I was a free agent sign, but I kind of had the goal of getting drafted, right? It's cool to say you got drafted. So when people say, ask me when I got drafted, I'm like, well, technically I didn't get drafted, right? Even though most people don't know the difference because in the end, you're all, you all go to the same spot. So it was a weird feeling, you know, my buddy from WashU, Caleb Durbin, he got drafted by the Braves in the 13th round. So I was super excited for him. And, but in the end, I was, I think it was weird initially, but I quickly realized that it was pretty much the same as getting drafted, maybe just a little bit less, you know, money in my bank account afterwards. So, but it gave me all the opportunity I needed. No, there is not a ton of money in the minor leagues, is there? No, not a lot. <laughs> yeah. So one last thing, Ryan, um, I guess I need to ask you about your future after playing career, because you know how baseball works. It could last six more months. It could last, you know, 15, 16 years. When it's done, are you heading into a front office as an analyst, or do you really try not to think about that? You know, my my whole life has very much been having the goal, like having goals in front of me and doing it as well as I can in the moment with whatever I'm working on, whether it be baseball or school or everything else. And I'm kind of in that mode right now. So if, you know, it's hard for me to predict the future. There's so much that can go in so many different directions. Like you said, Uh, my baseball career could last six more months. It could last 15 more years. So I'm just trying to be as good of a baseball player as I can be right now. I think it's definitely an interest of mine to, to stay in baseball after, after I've been playing, but I, I don't have any, uh, any thoughts right now on what I'd want to do. It very much depends on a lot of things. And, and it's hard for me to predict where my head's going to be at when that time comes. But I think you would probably be qualified for an analyst position. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope, I hope so. I hope I'd, uh, hopefully if I had an interest in continuing to work in the front office with the Cardinals one day, then they would, uh, they would have me back. So it's been a pleasure to be there so far. So I would definitely enjoy working, working in the front office again. And it has certainly been a pleasure, Ryan, to have you as a guest on uh, Fangraphs Audio. So, you know, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, David. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Fangraphs Audio. Welcome to another Fangraphs Backstory installment. I'm Ben Clemens, and this time I've got Jason Martinez with me. How's it going, Jason? It's going great, Ben. How you doing? I'm doing really well. It's a nice sunny day here in, uh, in San Francisco. Break from uh, the intermittent rain. How is it down there in San Diego? It's all right. It's, it's, it's I mean, compared to most par- parts of the country, it's always even better. It's always better. Uh, <laughs> it's nice and a little, a little chilly. I'm actually going to New York, taking my kids to New York starting on Sunday through the next Thursday. It'll be our first trip to New York. So I'm, I'm sure uh, it's oh, not, cool. it's, it's going to be a lot colder. So I'm going to enjoy these last few days here in, in San Diego. 
my wife's there for work right now. She's coming back later today, and it was warmer there than here. Oh, really? It's like, great. Awesome. <laughs> like, re- really glad, really happy for me. Yeah, so it seems like it might not be too bad. It seems like it's unseasonably warm there, but uh, that, that's going to be great. I, I We lived there a long time, and I love it. So I am jealous of you guys for getting to go there. Nice. I might I might bug you to, you know, give me some, some tips on, on uh, what, what to see while we're there. Yeah, definitely. That'll probably uh, probably not be today's episode of Fangraphs Talks New York. Yeah, not though. today. Not today. <laughs> on that note, Jason, I I gave you a quick rundown before I brought you on, but essentially I'm bringing you in cold to ask you uh, two questions. And the first of them is, how did you end up here? Yeah, it's I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty long story, and I'll try to and I try try not to to go on too long. And actually, my my daughter just interviewed me for a class project, and, and every time she oh. asked me a question, she was like, "That's too long." <laughs> And it, it was for a video editing project. And I go, well, yeah, but you're going to edit it, right? <laughs> this is for you. I'm doing this long. for you. Yeah. So this. So I'll, I'll try not to go, you know, go on forever. But I, but I think it's I think it's it's a good story, and it's not anything that I would I would uh, recommend to anybody. <laughs> a a, a long running theme of this. Uh, this yeah. Because when because when you think about it, you go, man, this is. I, I love that I did this. It's like one of the things that you know. I'm in my late 40s now. And so I, I think of it now as like, if I got to anywhere close to this age and I just never try to do anything in baseball, I, I would just regret it so much. I'd just be like, man, I, I was, you know, I had potential. I was, you know, I could have done something. I knew a lot. And, and it, would, it always would have been a question. So the fact that I actually did it, you know, and I started yeah. in, my, in my early 30s, and to get to where I am now, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, I'm so happy that that it happened. So, like a lot of us baseball nerds, you know, I love sports, and that was like the one thing I loved more than anything. Yeah, when I was, you know, from the time I could remember, all my memories, you know, just being a kid, loving loving baseball and following the Padres, you know, being born and raised in San Diego, and uh, you know, any pictures of me when I'm a, when I'm so young that I can't even remember. It's like I have a I have a baseball hat on, I have a glove, I have a helmet on. I'm like, I, it's like yeah. all baseball out all all the time. And so, you know, I was I played sports year rounds. So I played soccer. I played baseball. Then it was flag football then I played basketball and did those you know all the way through high school that that was that was my life and and I didn't really care about anything else <laughs> it was just sports 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 playing sports watching sports reading the sports page reading box scores so probably sounds familiar to a lot of yeah a, a lot of baseball fans and so what happens when when you're that kind of person and and, and high school ends and it's like well I know People that I know, friends that that were being scouted and are going on to college or were drafted, and like nobody cared about me. I nobody paid attention to me. I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm not going to be a professional baseball player. Yeah. I'm not even going to college to play baseball. Like, okay, what do I do? I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really interested in anything. Uh, I guess I'm going to junior college because I know it's kind of like an extension of high school, and I know right. I, you know, it gives me a couple of years to figure out what I want to do. But I honestly didn't didn't really know anything about about the world i wasn't like a dumb guy like you know people thought i was really smart when i was um like kindergarten first second grade and this shouldn't be a surprise because i was i was reading box scores and reading baseball stars at that age so you can imagine being able to 
you know, to, to be interested in that stuff so much that it's like, it all, that stuff kind of makes sense to you. And so when you put yourself against other kids that age. Yeah. You get a lot of numbers in your brain that are. Yeah. Like, and they're like, whoa, how are you, how are you so good at math and, and this kind of stuff? And it was just, my memory was so good. And so of course. Just at I, home calculating Tony yeah, Gwynn's batting average. Exactly. That stuff is like, and even just the simple stuff like standings, like how, what does it mean that, that my team won? How many games back are they of this team? And like you kind of think you start thinking about this stuff a lot sooner than most kids. I so you, couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know what I mean. And so people thought I was like this genius. And so of course, by the time I'm sixth, seventh, eighth grade, that that doesn't you know that's just more stuff like it can get me by by not knowing anything about what anybody's talking about. But I got a good memory and and yeah. and I could figure stuff out. And so um, you know. Well, by the time I got to college, it was like just an ordinary guy. I don't really know a lot, but I, but I was, I did want to learn a lot about the world. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't know a lot, but I love baseball mm-hmm. and I started reading a lot of biographies. Right. So like I had heard about Jackie Robinson, I'd heard about Roberto Clemente. I had, you know, followed Tony Gwynn my entire career. I didn't really need to read about him. Right. But I started reading a lot. I read, I read, so I read those biographies. I read about Hank Aaron. And so it's like, these are baseball stories, but you're kind of understanding how the world was back, back then. Yeah. And so from that, from that lens of like, oh, wow, I kind of just wanted to read the baseball stuff, but I'm also experiencing more of the world now. So I, I think the one, the one book that I read that really started putting me in a different mindset was Bob Gibson. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. It was a Bob Gibson biography and I had a project to do for one of my classes. And then I totally like, I don't even know what, what it was, but I went to check out, went to the library and I was just like looking through books and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write about. And I go, I'm going to go to the baseball section. Oh, Bob Gibson. I'll try to turn this into whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. And, and, uh, I read that book and I was just so like fired up. Like I could, I wanted to run through a brick wall, but it was, it was like, Man, I just love this guy's mindset, and it was also frustrating because it's like I'm not playing sports anymore because I, I I'm just applying this to sports, right? This is like yeah. okay, if I was still playing baseball, you know, and I wasn't, I was pretty aggressive, you know, playing baseball and basketball. I, I would take somebody out at second base. I was diving all over the place and things presumably like not that. Bob Gibson aggressive, not but, yeah. but that was just like man, I, I can, I can like. I'm going to take it to another level, but it was just like, I was playing some pickup basketball at the time. I was playing in a men's softball league and that, you know, I was going to hurt somebody, you know, if I, yeah. if I did that. So it was like, it was more frustrating than anything. Right. And so anyways, I think at the time I, I, I was trying to figure things out. And like, by the time I got to the end of junior college, it was like, all right, I, now I got to transfer to a real college. I don't know. I'm going to look through this book with all the majors in it. Right. And it's like, I don't like any of this stuff, <laughs> um, yeah. but it, I had started lifting weights and really was starting to get into fitness and, and things like that, nutrition. And so I said, all right, kinesiology looks like I'll, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do that there. And I think that was kind of, you know, at the time I had started really understanding work ethic, discipline, because it was like, if I just do this every day, I'll, I'm going to lift weights every day. I'm going to run, I'm going to eat healthy, all these things. I was like, oh, wow. And being a really shy kid, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, I get a lot of confidence now. And now, you know, because I'm so yeah. I'm an introvert, like I, I like to talk, but also I'm like really awkward with 
introductory stuff. Like it's hard to, to start conversations. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, now just this guy who's, who's incredibly like fit and people would just come up to me like, whoa, look at you. Like, and I was like, oh, all right, this is cool. I kind of like this, you know? So anyways, that's, I was like, that's, that's my thing now. I'm a fitness guy, right? Go to San Diego State, get my degree. Then my first job out of college was at the YMCA as a fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I had, by the time I finished college, I had realized that this field is like, it's kind of set up for, for grifting, you know? It's set up for those BS artists who are just kind of like, everybody is always trying to get in better shape. It's like, oh, I got to lose weight. I got to do this. Yeah. I want to, you know, and, and, and so the thing I learned in college was like, this stuff is so simple, man. It's not even that complicated. If you're an elite athlete, sure. But yeah. I had really started to understand where like, I just want I like talking with people who are just just starting out and we're just like, I, I don't know what I, what I need to do to get like this. And I'm like, look, this is really simple, you know, and, and, and try to just spell it out for them. And, you know, I have have some philosophies as well. Uh, but also it was like. I don't know. This is going to, this is going to be my career. I don't, I'm not really interested in like doing what all these other people are doing, hustling and like really trying to, I don't know, to, to, to do what they want to do. It was like, ah, I'm, I'm not that interested. I'm just going to kind of take it another path. And, and, you know, once I, once I was at the YMCA, it's like I started being, being the guy that was interested in numbers and was pretty good with numbers. I was pretty quickly moved into a management position and, and kind of moved, moved up from there. So I got, I got away from the fitness stuff pretty quickly mm-hmm. and i and at the same time i was like okay well this isn't this isn't my thing but i i guess i got a job i got a full-time job it's, it's gonna you know it's it's gonna pay the bills but um what's what's my thing now <laughs> and and i had i had started playing music a few years earlier so around 20 22 23 mm-hmm. uh, years old i had a friend who was in a band and i was always just kind of blown away watching this live music but at that age, you're kind of like, well, I don't, I don't play instruments. Every time I touch an instrument, I pick up a guitar. It's like, it seems so complicated. And so I was just like, yeah, this is fun. I, I love music, but I guess it's not, it's not really my thing. And my dad was a musician. So, you know, and he had always had instruments around the house. I would pick it up and go, this, this makes no sense to me. I guess this is just not my thing. But, but go back to, you know, to, to my Bob Gibson mentality. And starting to like, you know, this is my my new thing, right? My new thing is is I like music. Hey, if I just sit here all day long and just keep playing this piano, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't know how to, I didn't, I didn't understand music theory or anything like that. But it was like, okay, um, my friends in this band, they have a piano player that 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 was really really good, and I was like, I can kind of do what he's doing. So it was just like one song and then like I would learn this one little riff and then I would play it all day long. And mm-hmm. it's to go from nothing to, to that was like, oh, wow. And so, of course, it's like, okay, now I know I, I can do this and this yeah. is what I want to do. So I'm just going to sit here all day long. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, nobody is wow. at home practicing for, for hours, but I'm just going to do it, right? And so at 23, 20, 24 years old, I started learn, learning how to play the piano and wow. then I ended up getting to to play in that band a little bit and then started my own band, met met a, another another friend who wanted to start a band. And he was like, OK, you want to play the, the piano in this band? And then we got to find a singer. We got to find other musicians. But let's just start jamming. And, and you know, we were jamming out. And I was like, I don't know. It's, it it was, seemed like it was really hard to find other musicians. So I was like, why don't I, I'll, 
I'll learn to play the guitar and I'll sing too. So it was like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I could do anything now, right? Okay, so now I'm going to sit there all day and play the guitar. And I was like, that, that was working out well. And I said, well, I can't sing that great, but I'm going to go take singing lessons, okay? Because there's nothing that's going to stop me. I can do, my mindset was I can do anything I want to do and I'll be great at it. And that was really fun, like a fun project for a couple of years and working at something and like got a band together, Man, yeah, uh, wrote, a, wrote, a, wrote a bunch of songs. And, um, and you learned yeah. how to sing. That's impressive. Well, well, that's the thing. So, so, so my mindset again, of course, is with the fitness thing, it was, it did reach a point where I was like, I don't really, it's not really my thing if I want to take it on a, another level, you know? And then with the music, it was kind of like the singing wasn't, wasn't easy. And I was like taking singing lessons and I was actually, my voice was getting strong, but mm -hmm. I was, I was still having trouble controlling it and it wasn't, happening fast enough so I, I still think if, if i would have stuck with it for another five years it would have been really good but at the time it was like the actually the band and, and and was was progressing quickly as far as like man you guys you guys are pretty good you guys got a cool little thing the singer needs some work though <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it was like well i'm, I'm writing a lot of the songs i you know you kind of you know and, and i don't know if i could do anything else besides what we're doing here it's just like i'm, I'm writing songs I'm playing yeah. piano, I'm playing some guitar and then like, I actually, so I stepped down and I said, well, let's get somebody else to sing and I'll just play the piano. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't like it. And that was kind of the same thing where it's <laughs> like, like I got, it, it, this is going to be my thing, but it's also like, I, there were some limitations there talent wise, right? Like I, I couldn't be a baseball player no matter, I don't, I don't think I could have been, you know, no matter yeah, how hard I like worked, it was like, I just didn't have that talent. And I think it got there with the music as well. And so fitness, music. And then, you know, the next thing I, I, I was, I was married and had kids and I had this job at the YMCA. I was the membership and fitness director. Um, and I had been there eight or nine years. So like all through the time you had the band, you were also doing this. Yeah. So I was, I was doing that. That was my, yeah. So I was, I, was, yeah. I had a full-time job at the YMCA and I was doing the band thing. And then the band thing ended. Wait, what was your band's name? It was called uh, American Luxury, which is a kind Ooh. of a dumb name, but it sounded big. It sounded big, um, and so I still listen to some of the, the songs, and we, we, we did make we did have a recording, and, and it was like, okay, at least I have that, and uh, I listen to it now. My my son's a musician; he could play any any instrument. It's crazy. We would we would have loved to find somebody like him. When we were in a band. <laughs> So, you know, he, he, he respects it. And so I'm like, all right, that, but that was, that was that, that time is over. That chapter of my life was there. And, and now, you know, I get to watch my son play in his bands and stuff. That's cool. But yeah. So again, it's, it's getting to a point where like, all right, I guess this is, this is what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm married. I got kids. I'm a membership and fitness director. Baseball is my, is the thing I love. It's obviously it's the thing that I love. You know, I, I can't wait to get yeah. home and, and watch the Padres. I follow the minor leagues. I follow the off season like, crazy you know that that's my thing but it's also not like the thing like in my head it's like i, I need my my thing what can i be yeah. great at what can what's the thing that that i i was put on this earth to do like if if there's a talent like like if if there was a perfect thing for me 
like just based on my interests and my talent and something that is is um, sustainable too. that that because I know I want to work hard mm-hmm. and um, I want to put a lot yeah. of work into something that I love and that I'm like, OK, I also don't want to depend on anybody else. It's just like my thing. And so, yeah, if there's one thing that is clear from the story so far, it's that you, you can work hard. <laughs> Yeah, that and that was kind of the theme. But then, like I said, it, you keep running into that. You know, as you keep you going, you, you're rising and rising, and you go, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can get there. But because it's not that, it's not the perfect. It's it's not quite perfect, you know. And yeah. so it was always kind of like, well, my thing is baseball, but what is the opportunity? Like, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk to all of us here, and and hey, there was no. There's no school for this. There is no, you know, college to go to. There's, it's, there's not a lot of preparation for this, especially for some, some of us who are older. There was nothing that at the yeah. time there was not, I wasn't like if I would have gone to play in college or if I would have like, I don't know. I don't know what I could have done to stick in bait, to do anything in baseball at the mm-hmm. time, you know? Yeah. And so this is like 2000, 2009, right? And so everybody's starting to lose their jobs. Yeah. I think at the YMCA, I think we had about 20, 20 management staff and I think half of them had lost half of them had gotten they had lost their job so there was like oh. 10 of us left I was still there but I'm in my head I'm starting to think like come on just 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 let me be next oh so well I'll, I'll rewind that a little bit so as this is happening I start the way I, I have this idea like maybe I should start a website because people are starting these blogs and then they're like they're becoming big like MLB trade rumors had launched maybe a year or two earlier and I was really getting into that and you realize that this guy who 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 started this this website just a normal guy Tim Tim Durkis and he was just like a you know young guy who had I don't know what he was doing marketing or something and he had this idea and it was like man this is a brilliant idea yeah and it just like just like took off from there yeah and I, and you go well okay so can I come up with an idea like this? And it was also kind of an extension of that because what MLB Trade Rumors does is like there's there's 30 teams, right? It's hard. If you're a baseball fan, you follow your yeah. team. It's hard to follow everything that's going on. So to have everything laid out like that is important. Um, and my thing was like, maybe I can do something similar, but I like to just kind of see the lineups, you know, like to see a projected lineup and rotation roster, yeah. maybe some minor league. I, I kind of had this idea in, in my head, like this is the thing that you, that nobody's you can't see this on a website, right? Like, know? hey, show me like who yeah. hits and especially against lefties like, and righties, not like, just the roster. Yeah, and especially like if if you're writing a story about, um, let's say somebody just you just signed this one player in the off season, and it's not that the writer is not aware of of like everything that that could occur because of that like okay well who which which players does this affect it was just more like your audience is you know the baseball audience is huge and a lot of them don't care or they don't have the time to 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 know about every little thing right yeah and so it's like you didn't really get to the point you know what i wanted to hear in this story it was really just basic to the point it's really for a for an audience that for a really mainstream audience okay so you and you were like, "Was well, it going to hit fourth or fifth?" Like, yeah, it was like, and it was on. like, "Well, you know, we got these guys in the minors. How is it going to affect this guy? Is this guy going to be on the trade block now? You know, all that kind of stuff that that, that comes up." And, it, and these these weren't being answered really because, again, because these are mainstream, you know, writers yeah. on uh, and their their audience. That's like a bandwidth issue. Like, yeah, it's like most of your audience doesn't care about this stuff, right? Or yeah. they don't they don't have the time for this. So. And then you got, you know, maybe some of these blogs that are starting that are more along that, that, that will 
go into it. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff on fan graphs too. It's like, well, I am also somebody who works and has kids. I don't have time to read all this yeah. stuff either. So uh, I, just show me a picture. Show me the lineup, man. Just show yeah. me, just show me what this roster looks like now. I want to see, you know, what is this, especially like a lineup. It's like you just acquired this player, this, this hitter that's going to hit fourth in your lineup probably. Uh, let's see what it looks like now. Even in, yeah. even if in your head you can go, yeah, I know who's on this team now, but like I just wanted to see it. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to see it on the on paper. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I mean, also, particularly as a kid who grew up reading box scores too, like there's something nice about seeing it laid out that way. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, so you can imagine that's that starts getting in my head and I'm like, this is actually a pretty good idea. Maybe I should do it. Kind of just like thinking about it for a while, and and I think it was probably, you know, the 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 more likely it seemed like I just didn't want to, you know, being at a job where everybody was losing losing their jobs, even yeah. if even if I wasn't going to lose my job, it was just like man, it was just a bummer going to work every day. Yeah, it's like I don't want to be here anymore, and so I'm gonna try I'm gonna try this new thing. I don't know, maybe maybe something will come of it, maybe not. Whatever. So so I actually put it together. I just, and it was just all text on a blog. So it was a, it, and it was all on something called blogger.com. So that tells you what, how much <laughs> I knew about this stuff. These are called blogs, right? All right. Blogger, all right. blogger.com. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to have a page for each team and I'm going to write, I'm going to just, you know, try to make it look kind of, kind of professional. Yeah. At, at the time, MLB Trade Rumors was doing this weekly post. Uh, it was called, uh, I don't know what it was. It was, it was, it was highlighting blogs other blogs who were putting out stories. So you would submit your story to them and they would, they would have just have a list like, Hey, um, whatever, yeah. whatever blog for, you know, Alberto's for the Cardinals, yeah, for the Cardinals uh, wrote about this. And it was like, yeah. it was kind of interesting. And then it was like this new website, MLB depth. I called it MLB depth charts is what I, what I called it at first. MLB depth mm-hmm. charts tries to project out the 30 opening day rosters. Cause that's what it was. It was launched it in February. So right before, right when spring training was starting, yeah. And I said, okay, well, nobody knows about this website. Nobody knows me. So I, I uh, submitted the link over there and, and, and it got on there. Yeah. And that's like a good put your name on the map kind of thing too. Like, oh, look yeah. at this thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And, and so it was crazy because all of a sudden you get all these comments on this thing, on this website. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and a lot of it was, was, was negative. And, it was, and you realize so, so quickly how it's difficult to follow 30 teams because – these people that are fans of, of one team probably were like, they weren't being nice about it either. You know, some people yeah. can be there like, this guy is not going to be in the rotation the, the you know, they already said this, you know, and it's like, well, I didn't read this article in the, the Fort Worth telegram or whatever. And it was like, I, I didn't <laughs> right. see that. And, and you but start, they, of yeah, course they did. That's their local I, paper. And you start realizing like, oh man, like I don't, I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. And yeah. so I start, I start making adjustments and I'm like, okay, 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 cool. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you. But at the same time, I started getting, you know, with probably within the first week, I was getting people that I recognized like writers, like mm-hmm. beat writers. I think Mark Carrig was, was the first one who sent me a, 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 an email and he was just like, Hey, this is a really cool idea. You know, like good job, That's you cool. know? And I was like, Oh crap. I was like, I, I, I know this, guy. I know this guy. And I started getting a lot of that stuff right away. And I was like, okay, cool. And then and, and then you were getting a lot of these people that are like, yeah, I've been playing fantasy baseball forever. And like, yeah. there's nothing like this. Keep Please like try to keep doing this. And I was like, okay, well, uh, I think I got something here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to make me rich or anything, but I should stick with it. Um, there's, at some point, I might lose my job. And I think uh, 
I think I lasted another nine months at my job and it, and then and I lost my job. I remember they called me in and it had been like it, it was it was like a, a normal thing for for a year at least. It was just like, all right, so and so got called to 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 see the That's crazy. You know, I, I guess they're going to lose their job and then they come back and you see them leaving with a box. <laughs> and it was like, oh, here I go. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking like this is it. I I'm I'm going to lose my job, I think, and I'm going to focus Damn. on my baseball thing, but also this this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Feel, I was like I I kind of wanted this, oh, but it sucks, all man. and so they let me go and I was like I felt I felt bad and I was like, okay, but, but I got my thing. This is scary. And I'm just like full speed ahead. I'm going to do what I can. But I also like, I, I was married at the time and my kids were, were really young. And I said, well, I got to find another job. But you yeah. know, in the, in the meantime, <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, I, I, I that oh. the, the, I was applying for jobs and I guarantee you that you could probably tell in these resume and these resumes and these cover letters that like, I don't know. I don't know if, if this was the case. I'm assuming that it could have been like, ah, this guy's really not in it, into it. <laughs> he's, he's I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. think he really wants to work here. He's submitting this application and like, whatever. And in a miserable time to find jobs. I don't too. know. I, yeah. Anyway, so it was tough to find, to find job, but I, I feel like I was going to make the most of it. And it was like, oh, I, I guess. I guess I'm going to keep doing this full time because nobody's hiring me, you know, and and I think um within 2 years, so it took it's like I said it, it's not a path I would recommend because for 2 years I there was there was nothing, man. It was I, I was collecting unemployment and then my wife at the time was, you know, was taking on a lot more and it was like this yeah, is this is this sucks because I, this is not what I want. I I need to make some money and and so within 2 years I had couple things lined up so i signed on with with baseball prospectus to do some stuff i got hired by mlb to do the job that i'm I'm still doing now which is a a, it's called mlb stringer which is like the game day yeah game caster for like most padres games right yeah for for a lot of the padres games so i had those two things there was some i mean i was i was and then I started selling like a fantasy draft kit because I had enough people on, on MLB that, makes sense. that yeah. I would say like, all right, I'm going to do this Excel file of information. And and you, there was no other way to get this. Like, right, right. And so so it was like, okay, now I'm making some money here. Oh, and then I got, oh, I, also, I actually got hired as a full-time writer for Bleacher Report. So I ended up with like four jobs, like two years later. <laughs> it was like, this is way too much, man. But, but, uh, especially the writing job, man, I would say looking at, at what you guys do on a, on a daily basis, I'm like, man, I couldn't deal with this every day. And, and it's oh, so it's much pressure. It, like, it, I can't imagine doing what you do. Yeah. And, and it's so much pressure in the deadlines and stuff. And it was like every morning I would wake up and I'd have two assignments in my, in my email, in my inbox. And I was like, all right, I get to write about baseball, you know? And go to a coffee shop. I'm like, all right, crack do this. the knuckles. Crack little, the yeah. knuckles, exactly. Like, all right, let's start doing my research. And then, you know, after a while, it's just like I'm doing this every single day. And it's like, I already wrote this. I'm pretty sure I already wrote this exact same line. <laughs> so, so it was like I, I, I had arrived. I'm like, I'm in baseball now, right? But also, like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. The baseball writing thing is, man, I kind of hate it. Uh, it's kind of making me miserable, you know. I, I just want to do my 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 roster thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna try to fast forward this here. So so kind of doing that for a couple of years and d- decided that like okay, 
I'm not going to do the baseball writing thing anymore. I wasn't making a lot off of my fantasy fantasy baseball kit, but mm. I was making some money there. I had my MLB job, and I, and I had another MLB job, which is field timing coordinator, which is which is really important now because <laughs> this is yeah. the the tenth year I'm doing it now, and this and now that is the pitch clock operator. So, so I was doing that at the time. So I had some 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 more income, but you know I didn't have. I needed a, a full-time job. So this is probably five years, no, six six years into it. So let's go to 2015. So right around there, 2014, 2015, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I, I need I need to do something with this website because it's not making me enough money. Uh, but I also don't want to be a baseball writer. It's it's hard for me. It's difficult and and and. It, makes me sad in the morning when i wake when i wake Which is, up yeah like a really key part of any job yeah yeah how does it, it make you feel in the morning when you wake up and have to do it yeah yeah so i i think i was pretty much down i was at the end you know probably around 2015 i was like i have to do something else i have to figure out i have to get back back to the ymca or something you know like i guess i guess this is over this baseball thing um, and that's when I got contacted by by Tim Durkis and MLB Trade Rumors, which is which is cool because this is what I told you. It was yeah, like it was like the site that it was like that. I was like, I can do that, you know. So uh, he offered to buy the site and hire me to run it. And I, but at the time, I I had recently changed it um, from MLB depth charts to uh, roster resource, and I added football, basketball, and hockey. So oh, so four sports, and then I didn't know that. and then MLB Trade Rumors had the the those. Tim had yeah, the, the four sports as well. And, so yeah. it was like, cool. So we, it matches up perfectly. But, you know, I have this site that's not really a site. Like I'm basically doing a, I'm just tracking all this stuff on Google Docs and then I'm posting it on yeah. a website, which is like, it was so slow at the time. It was getting slower and slower because I would come up with these cool ideas and I'll go, hey, I added this new feature to the site. Cool. But now <laughs> it's actually slower. And yeah. like, oh man. I need to know how to build a website. So he hired, he actually hired me with the idea that he was going to hire somebody to build a, a you know proper website, like roster resource for the four sports. Here's a website for the for the four sport. Yeah, yeah. So it was going to be with the real database and everything, and it was like, man, this is going to be awesome. So he hired somebody, and they just I don't know if they just weren't getting it or they were just lagging. I think I, I don't you know dealing with with guys on our side like you know like like Sean and David and and. Go man, this stuff is is it's like a whole other language, you know. Yeah, and, and also like there's like some secret grammar rules, and if you do them wrong, nothing works. Yeah, and also like them. yeah, like me and Sean and David are going. These guys are pretty normal guys because it seemed like from my from my experience in the past, like I don't know, they just kind of speak in a different language and think differently, and it was like weird. Like this stuff wasn't getting done, and you know, Tim eventually hired somebody else to try to do it, and it just wasn't getting anywhere, and he was just like. Dude, I'm gonna give you your site back because I've spent a lot of money to to try to get this done, and I haven't. You know, yeah. It didn't didn't happen. So he gave me he gave he gave me the site back. So I had that again. So I was kind of in the same place a few a few years later. And again, it was probably like a month or two where I was kind of, and it was in the off season, or maybe yeah, it was it was right around. So so probably right before the 2019 season, where I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep doing it. Maybe I'm gonna get this set up to 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 be a pay site, right? Like you gotta yeah. buy buy a membership, which is easier. Like these days, you know, with, with a lot of writers jumping over to what yeah. is that? Uh, what's it called? The Substack. Yeah. So doing stuff like that, but this wasn't really going on a couple of years ago, and it was like, I maybe I'll try something where I'll try to, I'll try to charge, you know, yeah, charge readers for more. 
But I don't know. That was like was, really, you, that was like right at the start of anyone doing that. It would yeah. definitely be kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. And so season starts. So this is probably April or May of the 2019 season. And, and you know, and I go to my, I, I go to, to the to Petco Park. I have my shift. And where I sit for the FTC, FTC job is the second, second row in the, in the press box. Mm-hmm. And there's usually like posing team beat writers next to me. Uh, yeah. But I sit down and it's and it's Eno Eno Saris is, is there. <laughs> I I hadn't met Eno before. Actually, I met I had met Eno at the winter meetings in San Diego a long time ago, and and I don't even know if he remembered. Uh, but he was like, "Hey, I love your website. Cool." They go, so I knew he knew who I was, and we had probably interacted on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so I introduced myself, and he goes, "Oh, hey, what's up, man? What's you know? How's everything going?" So I basically told him, and I was a free agent. He was like, "What?" He's like, "Seriously, you?" you I thought you were with, with trade rumors and I was like, well, yeah, not anymore. And, and yeah. he, and he takes his phone out and he texts, he texts David Appleman right there. Wow. He goes, Oh, dude, I got to tell David. That's amazing. And by the next morning, David Appleman had sent me a message. <laughs> He's like, Hey, let's talk. Whoa. I was like, okay. And, and I was familiar with fan graphs at, you know, yeah, you know, part of the baseball. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like, I didn't know a lot of people who had worked there or, you know, but it was one of, one of my, one of the, the place that I'd come to trust, like, okay, for, it wasn't necessarily the thing I needed for information because I'm looking for, for roster news and things yeah, like that. which is not. So not the analysis, you know. Yeah, different thing. But, but, you know, being a big fan of prospects and minor leagues, I definitely was following that stuff for sure. So, yeah. And I know that, that Fangrass had, start, had tried to do some depth chart stuff in the past. And it was like... Yeah, but more like automated. Yeah, yeah. So so I talked to David and he's... I think he, he was telling me probably probably that's in the first conversation. He's like, I want to buy this from you. I want to hire you, but but we definitely want to meet you first. And it's yeah. like, man, this is crazy, you know? And yeah, this is like just from a chance press box meeting. Like, what if you know was three seats over? Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Because I, I didn't tell anybody. I don't I don't go on Twitter and go, hey, you know, here's some personal news, everybody. Like, I never I never do that. And so. You know, so we set up. So he said, We're, "We want to fly out and see you." He's like, "I want to bring my, you know, I want to bring Sean. Sean is, is I don't know what 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 yeah. Sean's position is, developer, whatever it is. Yeah, chief. Developer, He's my my build. He's like, so those, so Dave, yeah, so David and Sean build the stuff, and then we want Meg Rowley to come out too. Meg is our editor, and and so the three of three of them fly out to San Diego. I think they just wanted to, you know, partly we wanted to come out to San Diego and <laughs> hang out. Um, Definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah, and and so Eric Eric uh, Eric happened to be out here as well, um, scouting. I think who was he scouting? It was uh, the guy who got drafted out of East Lake High School, not Marcelo Mayer, the 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 guy who was the first round pick before him. I think he was scouting that kid. And so yeah, so I met all of them that day. We went out to eat, told them my story just like this, and, and we decided to to move forward with it. And so the next day, it was it was crazy because like I said, the MLB Trade Rumors project was just didn't really go anywhere because these guys couldn't figure out how to build what I needed, you know? And so the next day I, I meet with Sean and David and, you know, I'm kind of yeah. showing them how I, how I put this, how I do how I run this site, you know, and, and, and David's like writing everything out. He's, he's drawing pictures and like writing everything. And Sean's just kind of staring at it and going, okay, okay. Uh, it's like, <laughs> all right. Are these guys going to be able to do it? And I think, um, yeah, they basically built, built it onto fan within a couple, couple weeks. Um, at least like the basic, the, the the main parts of it. Yeah, and it was like Sean is a wizard of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, and and I always tell him now, like, hey, I have like I have so many ideas, and and they're like nonstop, right? But I don't, I don't even know what's easy for you and what's difficult for you. 
because some things that seem complicated like it might not be it might be there is like a weird it doesn't translate like the way that our brains think it should it's like some things that seem impossible are like oh yeah that's like one line and some things you're like well can you just order them it's like sorry the whole site will blow up forever yeah so so anyway so so yeah that's so i'm here for you know it's almost four four years now and uh meaning we made it through the pandemic season and and the the strike shortened season and it's just like seems seems pretty pretty normal for now and yeah everything's good and so yeah the less lesson is um (laughs) i don't know what the lesson is Uh, it's (laughs) It's an interesting path, but and I love I love that I that I've taken this path and I love where I've ended up because of it. But um, yeah, Bob Gibson, man, Bob Gibson was 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 an inspiration, and just like like I said, you know, Clementia and Jackie for so many other reasons, you know, and and Tony Gwynn as well. But like the seriousness which they they take their craft is yeah. the thing I I think really. When I when I apply it to what I do here, I go this this is my thing, and I don't know if I I was never like a bad employee anywhere. You know, in my other previous jobs, it was kind of like when you're not really into it, it's like eh, I'm gonna do what I need to do and probably a little bit more, but but that's it. And and, and so to get to a place where it's like this is my thing, yeah, and I'm gonna put all my effort and energy into it, and this is this is my my baseball uh, for, you know, what, what, what it was for, for a professional baseball player, for one of the greats. It was like, I don't have, this is my, this is my thing. There's something very satisfying about um, like the thing that you work a lot at being a thing that you really want to work a lot at. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. And you wake up, it's, it feels different when you wake up in the morning. And I think I I have versus writing for you. Yeah. yeah, I have experience, you know, you wake up and you go, well, I don't want to go to this job. And I've also woken up like, I don't know if I'm going to have, have enough money to take care of my family. Yeah, and, and and then you wake up like, I love this, this idea I have. I'm so motivated. I'm, I, I believe in this project and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to put all my, all my energy into it now. And so now it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't get stuff built right away. Like I said, I have, 10 ideas right. and, and and I can't be like, you know, hey, Sean, can you work on this today? He's working on something else for Fangraphs. And, and like, yeah. so I, I can't wake up and be like, I'm going to do all these new things. It's, it's really, it's still like I wake up and I'm to not be really stressed out about anything throughout the day. But like, I, there's nothing, there's nothing I have to do that, that makes me unhappy. <laughs> Everything that I do is great. like, it's freaking like, I love it. I, and that, that was, that was kind of, kind of a goal of mine to, to get to that point. Uh, where all the stuff that I don't like to do, I'm going to eliminate eliminate that from my life. <laughs> that is a that is a very smart way of going through life. I think is uh, like nobody's great at everything, and focusing on stuff you're good at, doing more of what works and less of what doesn't. Seems like it's very like emotionally healthy too. Like it's a lot yeah. easier to be happy at the end of a day at work if you're doing more of the stuff you like and less of the stuff you don't. Yeah, I think I think as a society we focus a lot on like this guy's smart or this person's smart for whatever reason, or this person's not smart. And I think, I think we've missed, missed the boat on, on like every, everybody has, is, is good at something, you know, and it's not always easy to figure that out. And when you're in school or the things that you're good at might stand out more than, than other things. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, you don't, you don't know when you're a kid, like what your limitations are. So you kind of have to, like, if you think, if you think you can be a professional yeah, be a baseball player. Sad childhood if you did. Yeah. Cause you can't tell like a seven year old kid or even a 10 year old kid, or I wouldn't tell a, a 12, 13, 14 year old kid, like stop 
putting all your attention into into baseball because you're you're not good enough. Like (laughs) at at some point you go, yeah, it's obvious you're going to be limited, right? So maybe find the other some other stuff that you're good at. But you know, I I think I think you really have to find you know, and, and again, society really focuses on intelligence and they focus on on wealth. Especially because I yes. think there's so many examples of wealthy, wealthy people that are so miserable, man. And we have so many examples of that yeah. every day. What happens when in your brain, it's like, I just wanted to make all this money and, and that's everybody's going to think I'm so great and so intelligent. And you still wake up in the morning going like, hey, I, hey, I, I kind of still feel bad. <laughs> what do I do? I'll try to make some more money. And yeah. it's like... Jeez, man. I think I saw that somebody posted on Twitter yesterday, a picture of John Josso, for, former big leaguer. Yeah. And I think the quote was like, because he had retired a little bit early and people he's, were like, hey, but he's leaving a lot of millions on the table. He's like, I already made a lot of millions. Yeah. What do I need more millions He's for? like I the think, ultimate mindset guy. Yeah. And, and most people, a lot of people think that way, I think. But when, when you don't, when you think that way, you're probably not going to ever make billions of dollars because, yeah, because you just be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, and the people that make up end up making that much money, it's kind of like they weren't good. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. And and yeah, at my old job, my uh, my boss wanted to be like the founder of our company, who was a billionaire. You know, it was a big company, mm. and he was just like, man, like just imagine the drive. And I was like, I can't, I can't remotely imagine. Like I would quit so far before I got to that point. It was just baffling to me. Like some people really just do. They just want to like stack it up and like just do more and more and more. And I don't know. I'm I'm with you. Like yeah, especially with you, a lot of you guys that you know of our, of our coworkers that I that I work with. I'm like, you guys can make so much more money. You know, if you just would have stayed in whatever industry you're in, right? And I think I probably could make. Oh, uh, none of us are doing this money for the money. Like I it was. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and I think. Like I said, it's these these skills that make you understand baseball. It's like the basic math and 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 writing skills. That's like, you know, people are like, "Wow, you sent me a text and you spelled everything right and all the punctuation was good." And I'm like, "Yeah, like yeah, that's so wow, you're so smart." <laughs> I'm laughing, but just because like that, it's very relatable. Yeah, it's and see, these are like skills that people think like, oh, you're so smart, and and but you know, like you guys, you guys, you just know. written a lot of texts in my life. <laughs> like you guys could make could have made a lot a lot of money, and the fact the I fact that that you're here, writing writing about baseball, using your 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 skills, your intelligence on on this stuff is it yeah. it says a, a lot, thing, man. A thing that is uh that has been really noticeable to me as I've talk to all of our coworkers and colleagues is that everyone's here because they want to be no one like fell into it like this is not a job you fall into (laughs) that's just it's just not the way you'd fall like like uh, okay i guess i'll do this baseball thing yeah Yeah, most people that we work with love baseball has been motivated like eric was uh doing operations for a triple a team in his like spare time in college and it's not because like that's just the the job that he could find that paid him the most it paid him 25 dollars a game (laughs) Like, like, yeah, this is just not a place you end up by accident, which I, I think is pretty cool. And also means that, like, everyone here is, like, really an obsessive and kind of a nerd. Which, again, I like. Um, it, oh, no it's doubt. enjoyable just hanging out with everybody. Uh, Casey Schmidt, by the way, it's probably who Eric was scouting. Oh, okay. East Lake High School alum, Casey Schmidt. That's a, that's a good high school, by the way. I didn't realize Adrian Gonzalez went there. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think there's been, I don't know, five or six guys draft, drafted out of that, that high school. And that high school wasn't even there. When, when I was in high school, I think they had just built it yeah, maybe my fat. senior year. It, it was like it didn't yeah, even exist. It was founded exist. in the 90s. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So we've run kind of long because this was like a great story. But let me let me get you with one more thing here. What is your favorite baseball memory? And I hate to do this, but I'm going to say like pick one favorite. Okay. And you know, the thing is, is that I have these memories. Yeah. And now if it's of a baseball game, I can actually find the baseball game, right? On base, I go to best baseball reference, look up the, yeah, the, 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 um, the game <laughs> look up the box score and I go, ah, oh, I wasn't quite what I thought, what I remember. And that's happened with a couple games, but it was pro- I'll probably, I'll use this one because it's my first, my first real memory being at the Pottery game. I, and I had remembered like Rupert Jones was on the Potteries at the time. This is, this was pre Tony Gwynn. And actually, actually, Tony Gwynn was just just called up. But like he was probably not a guy. I don't think but there really was, were guys was, like that. He then. was starting to become a guy. But Rupert Jones was before Tony Gwynn. Rupert Jones was kind of the man. Like, and the, the fans would chant "Roop." Um, and oh, so I, re- I remember that, you know. So I remember Rupert Jones, and I remember thinking like I went to this game and Rupert Jones hit a walk off home run, oh, um, and and everybody awesome. and everybody was going "Roop." And so I had I had that memory in my mind for forever. And then I go and find the game and I'm oh, looking no. through all his I'm looking through all his home runs and I'm like, I think I was this age. So I was I think I was just turned seven or I was about to turn eight years old. So this is nineteen eighty three, summer of eighty three, and I find and I go, This has to be the game. But he didn't hit a walk off home run. I think so he hit a home run to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. Oh. And then and then they did walk off like later on but it was funny that i was like yeah i had this the walk-off home run by rupert you know but it, yeah. it wasn't actually a walk-off it was it was a game time homer and then all the fans were yelling roop which was which was cool i mean that's he is a very underrated and underappreciated player yeah i feel like just because the padres weren't that good then they were they were bad when he was when he was on the team and he was older he was kind of like he had he had already had a a bunch of good years with the Mariners. It was with Mariners and the Yankees, I think. It looks like he was on the Yankees for a year. I, I, some of his career was like less remembered because he bounced around so much. Yeah, yeah. Usually by the time they get to the Padres, it's like yeah. <laughs> it already, actually, yeah, he, he was an all yeah, he was an All Star in '82 with the Padres. He was only with the Padres for three years, but yeah, '81, '82, '83 they weren't they weren't very good. Yeah, but yeah, but he had a cool. Cool name, so cool name. He looked sweet in those uh those era Padres jerseys. Oh, everybody did, man. Everybody yeah, looks good in those. I do like that they're going back to like similar vibes to those. Oh man, oh man, his baseball reference pictures. Uh, sorry, sorry, Fangraphs. They're good. They've got the the Mariners Trident hat and then the eighties Padres. Nice. That's, that's excellent. Nice. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Padres fan, especially especially because those uniforms, man, are so cool. I have been, you know, for for years. I'm like. These are so ugly, these stupid blue uniforms, man. Just like every other team. Go back to the brown and yellow. And, and, yeah. uh, man, I was so happy. And to have a good team, actually, while, while, while they're going back to these uniforms is cool. Wait, Rupert Jones wore three different numbers with the Padres and 10 different numbers overall. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> he was one of the Padres yeah, for three 22. years. That's yeah. wild. I, yeah, I remember him being number nine. I wonder why he switched so often. It looks like he was nine in three different places. So maybe that was his like preferred number and it was just hard okay. to get to it. But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I, I also really like about talking to everybody about their baseball memories is, you know, which player they've, they've bonded to or remember really fondly from their childhood is all over the place. And 
it's a great excuse to remember some guys. I did not know who Rupert Jones was, like, literally at all until they put him in out-of-the-park baseball. <laughs> and I was like, well. He's, he's interacted like, on Twitter a few times with people. He seems like a, like a good guy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my, my guy was, was Tempe, Gary Templeton, because I was a shortstop in, in Little League. Uh, my dad loves Gary Templeton. Big Cardinals fan, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. He, and then, loved, he was so upset when they traded for Ozzy. Obviously, it worked out, but he loved Gary Templeton. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember Ozzy. I didn't remember watching. I just knew Templeton, so I didn't I, I didn't care that they traded away Ozzy Smith for Gary Templeton. I loved him. Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't as good as he had been on the Cardinals with the Padres, but I don't think we necessarily knew that as much back then. Yeah. And he was still good. Yeah, if you look at the stats, you go, "Oh, really?" And but then you, you know, just watching him at the time, it was it was fun. And you know, you don't you don't care so much when you're a kid. And, and the Padres no. were actually good in '84 and '85. Yeah, and he made the All Star team in '85. It looks like so. Every, yeah, their entire like their, it's like their entire 24 team. Twenty-four intentional walks. <laughs> what? I think that's when that's when they used to, to automatically walk the eighth hitter all the time. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that. Like that's. Yeah, he, he was all, yeah. Walks. He was always an eighth hitter, so they would just walk him to get to the pitcher. Let him steal. Yeah, it's always good to kind of remember the old days for me, at least. It's so always, fun seeing these always. lineups and stuff. That sound that you maybe heard, maybe didn't hear in the background, was my dog, like prodding me to get moving. Because it's uh, time, it's time. Yeah, she's she's ready to go. This is always blast, and I'm glad that you've ended up here, Jason. Because a, you make all of our lives a lot easier in writing, and b, like. You're making every baseball fan's life a lot better because now it's it's so much easier to know who's on what team and what they play now than it was 10 years ago. I was limited in my ability to follow baseball by <laughs> that not existing. And now it's just like they're free for everyone being updated constantly all the time. It's amazing. What a world we live in. Yeah, appreciate it. It's, 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 it's definitely was it was the reason I, I started. It was like we needed something like this. And so to be the guy that's actually <laughs> making sure that we have this so many years later, um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty cool to think about. Pretty amazing. On that note, I'm just going to say thanks again for coming on, Jason. And I'm Ben Clemens. Thanks for listening to us today, everybody. This has been Fangraphs Audio. Thank you to Ryan Ludus for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the program, consider telling a friend or two about it. It helps us out. After you've done that and visited the Fangraph shop to consider an ad-free membership, don't forget to also download the Fangraph smartphone app. Free on Apple Store and Google Play, it is the preferred way to browse all your fancy sabermetric stats while on the go, such as while you're watching the game at the ballpark or at a sports bar. And of course, don't forget to sign up for the Fangraph's newsletter, the best way to keep up on all the cool things we have going on free to your inbox. To play us out this week, we have a track from Jason Martinez in American Luxury. Check out the show notes for a SoundCloud link if you want to hear more. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you next time.